2: I'm Tom Colicchio, the host of Citizen Chef, the new podcast on iHeartRadio. In each episode, I'll take a look at the ways in which the news of the day ends up on our plates. Explore politics of food with me. Listen to Citizen Chef on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is America's Truckin' Network with Steve Summers. All right. Well, hi there. On an almost Friday. Thanks, Rob Carpenter. Almost Friday, Thursday coming on, 25th day of June. That's what we'll be working our way into from time zone to time zone. Underway uh, in the eastern time zone. Uh, Not a whole lot really going on as far as uh, travel disruptions here on a Thursday morning. And we've got some showers that may be slowing you down in parts of Georgia uh, and southeastern portions of Alabama. Looks like a, we had some showers moving through the Montgomery area. Uh, most of that activity now pushing off to the east and northeast of Montgomery. Uh, rains, uh, light rain in the Atlanta metro area. You get south of Atlanta, you got some heavier showers, a little line of thunderstorms uh, extending down through central portions of Georgia. Now, on over into the eastern reaches of South Carolina, some showers pushing off the east coast there, so you may see some rain and uh, pushing up toward uh, the Myrtle Beach area here in the coming hours. Aside from that, there were just your spotty pop-up afternoon thunderstorms throughout parts of the Great Lakes and Ohio Valley region, uh, which, with the cooling, the sunset, and things really beginning to dissipate there. Now, we get out west, and that's where things are beginning to come become a bit more active. You have some thunderstorms up north-central portions of North Dakota, uh, kind of pushing down toward Minot, North Dakota. From there, you've got to get back into central portions of Montana. A line of storms extending right about from the U.S.-Canadian border, uh, cutting right through central, and more activity in northwestern Portions of Montana. That is our next disturbance. That's what's going to be kicking things into gear later in the day on Thursday. And uh, there's a number of states that are going to be on alert for the threat of damaging thunderstorms and maybe some flash flooding. Travelers weather, a service of our friends at Travel Centers of America, TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, and more solutions. Now, we saw the temperatures climbing in upper 80s, lower 90s across the region, and that's what we're going to be looking at uh, on into the day today. Thursday's highs, we're talking 5 to 10 degrees above normal in places like Bismarck and Fargo, North Dakota. And those muggy conditions combined with the actual air temperatures, it's going to feel close to 100 degrees when you step out the door, just that oppressive slap in the face with the heat and humidity. Now, some isolated severe storms may develop in portions of south-central Nebraska and northern Kansas. But the more numerous storms are going to be breaking out Thursday afternoon uh, near the border between Montana and the Dakotas and then shifting eastward into parts of northern Nebraska as well. It looks like damaging winds, large hail, are expected to be the main threats by this afternoon. Uh, Winds of maybe 70 miles per hour. As thunderstorms quickly organize and increase in coverage, they're going to then pose the threat for some flash flooding from later Thursday afternoon into Thursday night. Rapid City, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Bismarck, Fargo, North Dakota, uh, all locales that are going to have to stay on alert for potential damaging storms. Uh, This portion of the country could really use some rain right now. Uh, It's been very dry in eastern Montana and western North Dakota. As Mother Nature tends to do, though, she goes from one extreme to other. You really need some rain, but you don't need so much in a very short period of time like they may see later today. Now, as we look ahead toward Friday, uh, the threat for severe weather will shift a bit further south and east, stretching from the central plains over to the Great Lakes. uh, They'll follow a similar evolution Friday. Damaging winds, the hail threat, as they form initially in the afternoon, then the additional flash flood threat. As the late afternoon and evening progresses, as these storms are going to kind of congeal into uh, some large, longer lines and clusters of thunderstorms. So we'll have to keep an eye on things. And, of course, uh, those strong storm winds will be a threat to high-profile vehicles. And hail can cause, of course, damage to vehicles, homes, crops. You know, if you're traveling 60 or 70 miles per hour down an interstate and you run into, you know, severe hail, which that would be... It's, it's, if it's an inch or greater in diameter, that's considered severe hail. Uh, that can easily... Yeah, Crack or shatter windows, yeah, depending on just how large the hail is. Yeah, if you're getting an early start for the weekend with outdoor activities, all those things that you might be doing out there, yeah, make sure you have your weather alerts activated on your smartphone. Uh, Lake Michigan, they tell us, is a, a popular place for those who like to get outdoors this time of year. Anyone headed there or any of the Great Lakes, the reservoirs, the campgrounds or the hiking areas from the northern plains to the western Great Lakes. You'll want to keep a close eye on the skies as we head through Thursday and Friday. Meanwhile, it was a little what shake, rattle and roll out west, a 5.8 magnitude earthquake a rattling California Wednesday morning. That was about 10.40 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, Epicenter was just a few miles away from the town of Lone Pine. That's on the eastern side of the Sierra Nevada. Uh, It was a rather shallow earthquake, powerful enough that people felt it as far away as Las Vegas, Los Angeles, even San Diego and Sacramento, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. Now, some people, they say, received an early warning when an emergency alert popped up telling residents, drop, cover, hold on. Expect shaking now. Yeah, More than 10,000 people reported the feeling the quake just minutes after it was recorded on the U.S. Geological Survey's web tracker, Uh, They do tell us rock slides reported along the eastern slopes of the Sierra near the epicenter, including areas near Whitney Portal, which is a popular hiking destination west of Lone Pine. Uh, Access to that area was closed. People were told to evacuate the area. Obviously, numerous aftershocks in the wake of the 5.8, ranging from 1.6 to as large as 4.6. Uh, According to the records uh, going way back in 1872, a 7.4 magnitude earthquake struck that same area. You know, one of the biggest in California's history. That quake killed 27 people, uh, injured 57 others. Fortunately, this past day's event was less severe. No major damage or ground failure they've reported at this point. By the U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, just a reminder, though, of what you deal with uh, living out in that part of the country. It can happen at any given time, right? Okay, so underway on a Thursday, we'll get to our industry headlines. Us pretty much should have seen this coming. The call to action has been issued uh, for members of OOIDA and others out there. Uh, in regards to looking to raise your minimum insurance from the 750000 to the $2 million, which undoubtedly uh, would put a number of, especially the, the owner-operators, the small companies, out of business. So that will top our headlines just ahead here around the country. It's 888-860-8785 here on America's Trucking Network. Okay, industry headlines, of service of OOIDA, the owner-operator, Independent Drivers Association, as you just heard. Forty-five bucks a year gets you that representation, pennies per day, and all you have to do is dial toll-free. It's 800-444-5791. Forty-five years, they've been fighting for the rights of you, the men and women behind the wheel uh, this past uh, past day, now asking members in certain districts to let their lawmakers know that an increase to the minimum insurance requirements would be devastating to small business truckers. Uh, this past day, OIDA oh, sending out their call to action uh, to their members who are represented by the following lawmakers. Uh, You've got Representative Colin Allred of Texas. I guess that's the 32nd District. Uh, Representative Sharice Davids of Kansas, District 3. Uh, Abby Finkenauer, Iowa, District 1. Lizzie Fletcher in Texas, District 7. Connor Lamb, Pennsylvania, 17. Uh, Tom Malinowski, New Jersey, District 7. Uh, Chris Pappas, New Hampshire District 1, and Greg Stanton, Arizona District 9. Each of those members of Congress voted during the committee markup hearing last week uh, to add the amendment to the highway bill to increase that minimum insurance for motor carriers from $750,000 to $2 million to 2000000 dollars uh, OIDA has a significant amount of members in each of those respective districts, they say. Uh, what they referred to as the poison pill, provision in the highway bill, uh, which has now been merged into the massive Moving Forward America Act, as it's being called. Uh, somewhere in the vicinity of $1.5 trillion piece of legislation. Uh, Owida said this proposed amendment by Chewy Garcia would decrease highway safety and force many small motor carriers out of business. As they've said several times, we firmly supported the initial bill. But when the, with the addition of the Garcia amendment, we have no choice but reverse our position. We cannot support legislation that's going to cause members, many of our members, to lose their business, lose their livelihood. All right, so let's see. The, there's 265-plus thousand single-truck operators out there in this country, individual owner-operators, one-truck operations. Now, Owida has long said increasing the minimum insurance requirement would mostly benefit the trial lawyers and would actually decrease safety as it would remove some of the most experienced, safest truck drivers from the industry. And uh, they've also said many times only 0.06% of crashes result in damages that exceed the current $750,000 uh, minimum. So, uh, now, Olight is asking members to share that message with their respective lawmakers. If you reside especially in Uh, the mentioned representatives' districts. When it's time to vote on an amendment that would increase your minimum financial levels to $2 million, your lawmaker selected trial lawyers over American truckers and voted yes. Because of your lawmaker's vote, you could soon be paying much more in insurance So trial lawyers can pocket bigger payouts when they sue truckers. While OIDA said it recognizes that the minimum insurance amendment is a long way from becoming law, uh, they believe it's important for truckers to let their lawmakers know how crushing this provision could be to small business truckers. OIDA will continue fighting against this amendment throughout the legislative process, Uh, Remember, it still has to be cleared by the entire House of Representatives and then the U.S. Senate. So, again, it's got a ways to go, but thanks for your continued support of OOIDA from the call to action this past day. Uh, Then in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, we touched on this with Mr. Motorcoat last evening, Uh, trucks being shot at in the South. Memphis police are asking any witnesses to maybe help identify the driver of an SUV uh, who opened fire on a tractor trailer this past Saturday. The victim was driving northbound on Interstate 40, passing Smith Avenue near the Chelsea Avenue exit when it was shot at by the driver of a small, small either dark gray or green SUV, maybe a Saturn View. Uh, the vehicle has a luggage rack on top and what appears to be a temporary license plate on the rear. A uh, suspect was last seen driving eastbound on I-40 to the toward the Watkins Road exit. All right, the, the victim's vehicle was struck by the gunfire. The victim not injured though, thank goodness. So they're kind of asking anyone who might have maybe dash cam video or. May have witnessed the incident. Any information, uh, call Crime Stoppers at area code 901 528 CASH. Or you can submit tips online uh, uh, for the Crime Stoppers in the Memphis area. It's Crime Stop M E M. All one word. Crime Stop M E M. dot org. All right, and there's apparently some. Video of the incident uh, they've got as well. Rolling up on 25 past the hour. Around the country, it's 888 860 860-TRUK. So while more areas around the country appear to be opening, uh, New York was one of the big ones on the list this week, uh, beginning to reopen As anticipated, a lot of workers in the the buildings, the high rises, and whatnot are still working from home. I mean, they've got some of the protocols. If you're in a high-rise building and you've got to get to the 35th floor, and you're allowing one person in an elevator at a time, how long you may be there? Yeah, some were saying that you may stand in line. Uh, most of what would be your work day to get in an elevator, get to your office, go in and say hi to everybody—and it's time to go home. So many are still working from home.
0: Excuse me. Yeah. Hey, boss. I'll, I'll be in at about eleven thirty a.m.
2: I got here on time, though. I just it's, i've been in
1: the uh, been in the lobby since seven. <laughs> well, meanwhile. And I just have a sneaky suspicion this is going to be the monkey wrench you're going to get thrown into your NBA and your Major League Baseball and all your sports hopefuls. Uh, things are going the, backwards. Disneyland is now being forced to postpone their proposed opening, which was slated for July 17th. Now, that's their Anaheim theme park. And they've delayed the planned July 23rd, reopening of two Disneyland Resort Hotels uh, while they await theme park reopening guidelines from the state of California. You know, the state has now indicated they're, they're, they will not issue reopening guidelines until sometime after July the 4th, according to that statement from Disneyland. So with that, given the time required to, to bring thousands of cast members back to work and restart the business, we, we have no choice, but to delay the reopening of the parks and hotels till we get more info. Of course, they've been closed since mid-March, like damn near everything else. COVID-19. Now, they had proposed reopening the Disneyland and Disney California Adventure theme parks on July 17th. So I guess we'll just have to await new guidelines and just, I of wonder if things of that nature may be transitioning to maybe Florida, which could impact the NBA plans in Orlando. Here we get a news update here on America's Trucking Network. One of the other stories we touched on last evening was...
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
1: Yeah, protesters at the meat processing facilities, you know, protesting cruelty of animals and whatnot. You know, the likes of PETA, that sort of stuff, who was actually killed, run over by one of the trucks, you know, trying to stop I, th- I think she was trying to actually give water to the pigs in the truck or something. Uh, that was in Ontario, no less. Interestingly, just days before that, uh, there was a bill that was passed in Ontario that would allow authorities to issue big-time fines to protesters who interfere with the transport of livestock. It was actually on June the 18th, the Ontario government passed uh, Bill No. 156, the Security from Trespass and Protecting Food Safety Act, intended to protect the health, the safety, And the food supply chain, punishing those who trespass on private property uh, to steal or interact with farm animals. But there was a section of the bill that specifically prohibits protesters from uh, interacting with the livestock haulers. Section 6 prohibits persons from interfering with a motor vehicle that is transporting farm animals and from interfering or interacting with the farm animals in a motor vehicle without consent of the driver of the motor vehicle. And in most cases, these drivers don't want to be stopped by these protesters to let them, can we give them some water, take some pictures? Uh, now, hitting the numbers, according to the Ontario Bill 156, allows for escalating fines above up to $15,000 for a first offense for subsequent offenses. The bill also allows the court to order protesters to pay restitution if they damage property or livestock. That bill was passed uh, just before the June 19th death of a prominent animal rights activist run over by a truck outside of a Fearman's Pork Meat Processing Facility there in Burlington, Ontario. I'm thinking, I'm going back, the, the date this was passed, it's like the day before. Uh, the irony there. So, something uh, for our friends north of the border pay attention to. I'm guessing the livestock haulers there are probably very pleased with that legislation. Hey, good morning, Chevy Guy.
0: Yeah, and I gotta mention a video, it's not why I called, but it fits right into that story. Some not heads were trying to stop a train. They were protesting, trying to get a train to stop, had a bunch of junk piled up on the railroad track. I don't think they had a clue the fact that if you could see the train, and the train can see you, then likely, it's going to take, if that a uh, fully loaded train, it's going to take 10 miles for that thing to get stopped. It's it, it just, out right through through. Yep, yep. It just, uh, I mean, it's crazy. This is all crazy. Uh, Dog turned the teeth, sip of my coffee, and Christiane on board comes on. She's got, uh, of course, she's got some uh, Republicans on there. And I'm telling you, they're they're saying that Donald Trump on this, on the paper uh, ballots, is going to claim that they're not re, uh, legit, and he's going to stay in office. And I'm thinking, oh, brother, just keep paying in the plane. These are Republicans. She, where she finds these people to come on there and do this stuff. It amazes me. But you know what? In, in, when when Donald Trump wins this election, because just like just like before, man, we're just totally convinced he's going to lose for the media, and uh, you know. Where, but when he wins it, the cities are going to burn. I mean, these protesters are going to uh, light up, light up the town. That's all. he's going, to he just they're they're going to believe the election stolen, and it's even though it's legit. And uh, one one thing that I I seen online that uh, just really lit me off. And Prager University, I mean, they come on and uh, they produce some amazing, uh, you know, amazing stuff. There's an officer from West Point on there and explaining uh, slavery and uh, the the war against the South. He went on down this line. Yeah, I I disagree with. I can disagree with it. I mean, he was even accusing even the poor white farmers, the boys that went to war barefoot. To go to war, you know, they couldn't afford shoes, let alone uh, slaves. But all that aside, they finally get down, and he's wearing this blue uniform with the little patches, and he says, I, for one, am proud of this uniform, and and, and that we finally defeated the immoral, the immoral Southern uh, forces. I got on there, I said, buddy, I'm glad you're, you're proud of that. Well, let me tell you the other side of the story about that crap rag you're wearing. Now all the blue bellies uh, listening don't take this to offense. I'm I was born in Ohio, but let's let's look at it. During the war, Lincoln sent troops, uh, blue bellies, him that that crap rag he was wearing, sent them into uh, uh, New York City, and they shot and killed a bunch of Irish protesters that immigrated from Ireland, and they were rioting because they didn't want to be uh, drafted. I mean, shoot, they wouldn't even fight for their own country. Against the British, let alone come here and have to fight uh, the Southerners. And to top that off, I mean, they they used they used our troops against our own people, civilians. And then they turned uh, Sherman's march through the South. He burnt and devastated the landscape, rape, uh, rape on the women, never being told. But uh, they, they raped the women, uh, white, black, it didn't matter. They left nothing but uh, burned out hulks and starvation behind. War, that's called terrorism. That blue crap rag he, he wore, I put this down right on there. I mean, that blue crap rag, I, I didn't want to say crap. I had another word for it. It says, that blue crap rag what they remember, all right? And then I, And I said, and it goes on beyond that. The Trail of Tears. Many a Cherokee Indian was buried alongside the tra- Trail of Tears and that's the last thing he remembers is the stars and stripes and that crap rag he has got on his on his back. Told him about all our na- uh, Indian nations that crap rag he had on. It. I said, so finally at the bottom I said, okay, slavery, immoral, yes. But I tell you what, nobody come out of that war with clean hands. And I'm glad I'm glad the South lost. Their constitution was not. There was was a vile thing. But the average boy, just like anywhere else, but his country. And you got to realize these people never travel more than 25 miles from their from their farm. So their uh, South Carolina was their state, was 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 their country. That's all they knew. And when air, their neighbors went to war, they went to war with them. And they they that's why the only reason why I, I have a problem with the statues, especially when they tear down one of a soldier. But as we see, there. They're not after just these statues for the South. They're going after the Northern statues. But I will tell you what, they're after—they're really, after, really after.
1: after everything. I mean, it, this has become—it's—it's it's the Marxist that want to eliminate, erase all the history.
0: Our Constitution was was signed by people that were also slaveholders. They're after that too. And in our constitution, our rights are guaranteed by God, not man. And they want to tear that down. And that's the only way it's going to happen, where you have a socialist government, because socialist doesn't, socialist governments don't want anybody. They don't want churches. They don't want anybody question them. So yeah, we're we're in an interesting time. This is our day, and I, I, I look around. The government's not doing nothing. Law enforcement's pulling back because they don't have the backing of government, and all of a sudden you're going to start seeing more and more Americans explain, show you why they needed ar fifteen. and then they turn around, they'll go arrest the, the the homeowners, they'll start arresting the the people defending our country. I just when is it going to? When is it, when are they? Gonna
1: I mean, what you're what you're describing, Chevy guy, is what what leads to. Civil War and what I shared last evening from the, the the actress from Venezuela that now lives here in the United States who said she lived through it. Be cautious of tearing down statues and history because when she witnessed that as a teenager, she didn't really care at the time, but she had no idea that what it ultimately ended up leading to is essentially civil war. Now, some had suggested, you know, with all of, all that's transpired in this country in, we, in recent days and weeks, there are those that are actually talking about you know, removing. I, I I don't know if they what they want to do: dynamite or what Mount Rushmore, literally. Statues of former presidents, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. We've seen those statues defaced or torn down by protesters or being removed all over the country. Where does that leave Mount Rushmore? Which displays two of those presidents in huge granite in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Well, South Dakota's governor... Christy Nome had a simple response to that question whether it's going to be taken down or not, which was simply not on my watch. She tweeted her support for the monument in, re- in response to a tweet from Ben Shapiro uh, who said, So, when is our woke historic- historical revisionist priesthood? going to insist on blowing up Mount Rushmore. Is this, the, is this the end when it comes to Confederate memorials? Well, in many places around the country it is. Uh, so the governor's, quote, tweet of Shapiro's was retweeted almost 15,000 times as of this past afternoon. But we've got protests continuing that have led to to other statues, especially those of Confederate leaders or historical figures which they believe are racist or known as the racist past, all being removed. The controversial side of Mount Rushmore goes beyond the slaveholding past of Washington and Jefferson, though. Native American tribes were given the Black Hills in perpetuity, in the Fort Laramie Treaty of 1868, miners seeking gold came into the area. An expedition led by uh, George Custer. And there's more to the history there, but. So I guess the president is serious about protecting uh, these, what's left of historical monuments and statues and things of that nature around the country. Because according to the Washington Post headline, I believe, for this morning, uh, U.S. Marshals have been told, prepare to help protect national monuments around the country. I'll give you more on that coming up here. Right now, a little behind. Get a break in and back after this on ATN. Yeah, according to the Washington Post headline is uh the President has vowed stern punishment for those who vandalize or destroy yeah national monuments structures all this all these protests around the country uh in an email, they say Marshall's assistant director Andrew Smith uh, wrote that the service has been asked to immediately prepare to provide federal law enforcement support uh, to protect national monuments throughout the country. Well, that is a challenging assignment due to the breadth of possible targets for criminal activity, he wrote. I said the Marshall's incident management team uh, would start a joint operations center in Springfield, Virginia, to coordinate and every deputy in the special operations group would be made available as soon as today, which is Thursday. He also asked other districts uh, and divisions to identify people uh, they might be able to lend to the effort until July the 8th. Of course, going back Monday, when the protesters attempted to topple the statue of President Andrew Jackson across from the White House, where police and riot gear intervened to stop them. That night, the president was very angry. And the next morning, he wrote that he had authorized the federal government to arrest anyone who vandalizes or destroys any monument, statue, or other such federal property with up to 10 years in prison. per the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act, or such other laws that may be pertinent. So early Wednesday, defense officials said that the Army activated about 400 unarmed members of the D.C. National Guard uh, to prevent any defacing or destruction on monuments. Uh, Of course, Jackson, a former general in the U.S. Army, uh, was known for his harsh treatment of Native Americans as president. He signed the Indian Removal Act, which led to the relocations of thousands of Native Americans. That was all part of the, when Chevy Guy was talking about the Trail of Tears. So, and then, and, in some places around the country, which we've d- discussed in recent nights, there, uh, any sort of statue, any sort of monument, uh, regardless of what it, who it was, what it was, what it stood for, appear to be targets now. Uh, because uh, I suppose in many cases, yeah, these that are hell-bent on violence probably have no idea, in many cases, what they're actually defacing. I saw the story earlier about one uh, statue that was toppled uh, was actually an immigrant from from Norway that had come he he to this country and he fought he was on the side to end slavery <laughs> but they've toppled he he was an abolitionist they've toppled his it's like well you dumbass. Do you realize you're, you're actually bringing down the monuments of someone who fought for you and your rights and was fighting to end slavery? You know your history. And then there's uh, what is known as Red Rock Canyon open space. That's permanently damaged, they say. Vandalized over the weekend, according to the Colorado Springs Police Department. Uh, They shared photos of Black Lives Matter 2 written on the rock formations along with BLM. Colorado Springs Police Operations Center uh, was also a site that was vandalized over the weekend. That was cleaned up Monday morning. But they said, while we can clean our headquarters... The natural sandstone rock formations at Red Rocks Canyon Open Space are permanently damaged. We're thankful to serve Colorado Springs. We only ask that all of us together take care of our beautiful city. Police over the obvious last few weeks we're seeing graffiti, destruction on public property, private property. Red Rock Canyon open space is not the only natural formation, they say, that's been damaged in recent weeks. H- hikers discovered uh, graffiti on some delicate formations at the Paint Mines Interpretive Park earlier this month. I mean, nothing sacred these days. but All right, we're up to news update time. We'll get a timeout, get back to your calls. Lines available around the country. It's 888 860